0: long gone okay den oh jason i just made it back in time three minutes ago uh uh, right off the f train drenched in sweat i couldn't be happier to be podcasting with you right now
1: oh f train which one is that one where does that one go
0: i mean (laughs) it goes all kinds of different places actually uh but this one was coming from (laughs) uh midtown manhattan i had a lunch at at the uh at michael's the the classic it was actually really great oh wow um with uh, marco from apartamento and a, and a friend jonathan from uh Noel, I had a big midtown morning. Look,
1: a nice gay gay little lunch. What did you get? A nice piece of steamed fish.
0: I did actually on a on a kale salad. I also had a shrimp cocktail at lunch. Breaking my own rules. <sighs> oh, good. Well, I mean,
1: it's the summertime heat. We make changes, don't we? I mean, if we don't have these little treats, <laughs> what's the point of living, right? But also, watch out, Chris. No, it's honestly true. You know, um, you know about patterns. I just don't want you to get into a habit of eating shrimp cocktail at lunch, like. You know, it can turn from a treat into an everyday thing. Oh,
0: I see. Really quickly. Okay. So just watch yourself. You have a history with addiction. I need to. Okay, I'll make sure to watch that. Because <laughs> if, if my ultimate undoing is shrimp cocktail, then I guess it could be worse. <laughs> but I, I I get your point. I get your point. And I... You're like, was it methadone or was it iodine poisoning? I uh, You know that I, I know someone who really did go to, to like uh rehab for... Not rehab, but they had what you're talking about.
1: They were treated
0: for iodine poisoning for eating so many shrimp? I believe it's, well, I'm sorry. I think they were treated for mercury poisoning for oh. uh, too much high end sushi.
1: Okay, okay. So they had, um, you know how there's Lou Gehrig's? They had sugar fishes mm-hmm. disease. <laughs> yeah, I caught
0: a bad <laughs> case of the sugar fishes. Mama, mama said I got the nobus real bad. I can't hang out with you guys anymore. I came down with the nobu and it's not good. <laughs> it, it is not good for me. <laughs> Uh, that's funny. Uh, I always
1: thought that that was such bullshit. You know, it's like when when they came out of like the the negative press about the caffeine levels or whatever the chemicals in diet coke the yeah the aspartame and people were like well actually you have to only have 16,000 cans of diet coke every yeah, week yeah. in order <laughs> yeah, to yeah, be yeah, affected no, by this so i think i'm going to be okay <laughs> i always felt the same thing about sushi it's like bro like that how much sushi are you really eating to get literal mercury poisoning from from your fucking
0: your Toro roll. It would have It's like That's when crazy. it's like when they, they people remember when when there was the rumor that there were ingredients in Mellow Yellow that made your dick shrink. Sure,
1: you sure. know that, Yellow Number
0: Five. Yeah, exactly. It's like bro, I'd
1: shrink all the way down to five inches. That's crazy.
0: <laughs> Are you saying that I have to drink a? I, I'm, I'm drinking a swimming pool's worth of me- Mellow Yellow every day. You have to uh, I, just to get this hog
1: down to down to size, just to be able to bring it on the airplane again. What's going on with you? Actually, I I want to write that down for our friend of the show pj votes podcast what do you mean um can you really get mercury poisoning <laughs>
0: oh oh to submit okay okay okay
1: from eating too many spicy tuna crispy <laughs> rice um yeah so chris let's talk um let's talk about weeds (laughs) you know pulling weeds as they say yeah and what else do we pull on chris we pull on a thread don't we We do pull on a thread brought to you by the fediverse um of all the names guys fediverse come on i launched
0: a a new weekly column and newsletter with our friends over at gentleman's quarterly the first one it's called pulling weeds and the first one is about how good twitter is um in its current state which a lot of people disagree with me about but mm-hmm. um it's a hill i'm willing to die on as you know
1: No, I'm, I'm with it could you could you explain kind of the the origin of pulling weeds is that like a southern colloquialism for dude having a chat no, i don't or, even know or do you know do you have any add, add some color to that I, w- I
0: was like thinking about what to call it and i i was like Googling stuff. I honestly don't remember, but then I thought about the metaphor and I was like, damn, this is pretty good. I'm kind of looking at the field of culture that we live in and I'm pulling out the weeds oh, we go. that we need to discuss. I don't even smoke weed. That's a freebie. I don't even smoke weed. Okay. So that's kind of where I was thinking you know that that's after the fact. I kind of put that together, and I liked what it meant. You know,
1: yeah, and I think it does sort of have a, a little bit of a ambidextrous, double sided meaning, where like I'm going in there, finding the weeds and pulling them out of the soil as my service to the virtual garden, if you will, removing this exactly, <laughs> <laughs> removing yeah, this from yeah. the fields, or 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 you're saying, hey guys, I'm I'm pulling weeds. Because I like the weeds. So I'm scouring the, the the grounds for the nastiest, most infectious, invasive things in our world. And I'm pulling them out because I like them. Whereas when, when you said I'm not even on weed, I can't say the same. <laughs> no, I can tell. Clearly uh, after whatever I just said. But
0: you can sign up for that uh, on GQ.com. Um, and the first one is up right now on the homepage. Uh, yeah. So check that out. It's going to come out every every Thursday if I can keep up.
1: I had a little, I, I, I listened to it. Um, th- uh, about t- 20 minutes ago on my pocket app. It's what I used to listen to all my articles since I you know, read no good. Although Jesse Pearson invited me onto his literary podcast just yesterday. It could have been a
0: courtesy invite, but... Well, there's only one way to, there's, there's only one way to find out, and that's something that I know you love to do <laughs> is follow up on any courtesy invite to kick the tires and see what they meant by it. Classic them jeans, classic uh-huh. them jeans. Um, but Jesse's Jesse's yeah. podcast, CJ thought Jesse's podcast apology is quite good, and he's had some great. He just had Richard Hel- yep. Richard Hell on. You should you should do it. No, I don't know what you're going to talk about, but whatever.
1: I was I was honored to be invited, and that's the that was the second thought I had was, damn, do I got to actually be reading? <laughs>
0: hold on hold on so is it like about books in theory or like really really
1: about no it's the irony that i interview authors about their books way more than i read any books by anyone is there's something going on there it seems like a modern problem yeah <sighs> go ahead truly i'm gonna thread that hold on no you mentioned uh how threads since it's an instagram based uh application but where people can you know say things with their words instead of their cameras you you mentioned that you don't want to see influencers thoughts on their you know politics or current events you want to see them posting their italian vacations only sure an idea that i had or or something that you might be able to enjoy is you know right now all of those shitty influencers are posting their political thoughts and current events on instagram stories so will threads sort of be the oh. filter oh damn okay. you know like uh, like the okay. fly the the electric fly zapper you know it draws all the shit over to the corner of the of the porch and zaps them and they can all just live over there this you know is what I mean? this
0: is good and i think you're onto something and maybe that's true maybe it'll clean it up in some ways but i i, I actually uh, to celebrate the publishing of this of this first dispatch, I did look at Threads today mm-hmm. and just saw fifteen people I did not want to hear from <laughs> commenting on something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Saying something on Threads that people that don't use Twitter. And I was like, this is exactly the problem. It's for it's Twitter for people who never used Twitter. Why would I want to read them? Attempt it.
1: You know what it is? It feels like. It's uh, Twitter is tennis and Threads is pickleball. Wow, Jason's coming out, coming Jason's out strong. It again. It's yeah. coming out hot. Everyone loves it, but but the the losers and the dorks and the dum dums are are taking to the the teat more than
2: of ever, anyone else. Yeah,
1: and now and and now we're looking at it with a little bit of a
0: squinted eye on who's. Who's so thready, you know what i mean no i think you're I think you're onto something, and I think that the I, I i wonder i mean i'm i'm truly i'm genuinely interested as to what will happen with the threads epidemic, but I also uh have literally opened it one time, so i don't yeah you know me too but what
1: the the thing that i I find admirable about you admirable about you Admiral black <laughs> is <laughs> is you're you create these scenarios where you can't go back on your word and you never do like you know like us never joining patreon is a good example, but like you writing this article is sort of putting it into the universe that you can never use threads and you're okay with that, even if Twitter dies and threads is the only place where you can do anything you're still not going to join it on
0: principle because. You know, then you'll be a hypocrite, right? Uh, no, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, if it, if it, look, if it, if it's that, no, I'll stay off. I'll stay off. <laughs> I, I don't, I, I just, okay. I. You had better. I don't think it's, I don't think it's a necessary. I mean, I feel like a lot of people have stayed off, or maybe it feels like that because I haven't looked at it. You know, mm-hmm. um, but I don't feel like I hear about it that much, except from like business sites talking about how many people signed up. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like that that all I'm reading is like data about how the signups went, which I don't particularly care about like that does data that's coming
1: from 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 inside the house. You know, it's like, okay, good
0: job, y'all. Good job.
1: Yeah, Uh, but I agree with you. Like when you when you said that Twitter has been more enjoyable in the last couple of weeks, mine has as well. I didn't I wasn't affected by anything. My feed was never throttled. I never had any shutdowns. You know, nothing bad ever happened to me. And my algorithm continues to grow sharper and and know my sense of humor. Yeah. The only thing is like because of our relation to gay Twitter or something like that, like I get served a lot of photos of guys where the photos cropped out just <laughs> one fucking <laughs> one cut hair away from seeing the bottom of the shaft of their penis. Yeah,
0: I've seen I've seen that. I've seen that. Uh, I've also seen some of that. Uh-huh. Um, before we get to our guest, I did wanna say congratulations to our friend uh, uh, Raven Smith on the release of his book men in the US on Tuesday went to the book party last night at the Carlisle um, and it was just a table full of how long gone graduates mm. um, so it was nice to be in the warm embrace of uh, friends and family all the way uptown
1: You're, it was nice to be surrounded by G X N E R S. <laughs> It, yeah, dude, that's a good one.
0: Uh and also uh I did uh an episode of Toronto's uh best podcast, Cold Pod, um, to kind of preview our show at the Great Hall on July twenty eighth. Uh there's some tickets available for that. Um you can go listen to that wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Yeah, actually and I, I was supposed to do that episode, but I had a scheduling error that's on my bad so i'm actually going to do it next next monday at the same time just a week later so
0: oh perfect we squared the cir- the the circle right okay all right <laughs> kara swisher everybody uh <laughs> dj them jeans um okay we do have a guest today um jeff rickley is the uh front man of the band thursday that you guys all know but he has recently uh written a trippy book someone who isn't me Uh, that comes out this month it's on a new imprint from rose books um which we're, we're keeping an eye on and it's kind of about how jeff uh used um experimental therapy with psychedelics to get off of heroin um which is a which is a subject that I am very interested in. Mm. um, But Jeff and I have a lot in common, obviously, uh, to talk about. Uh, I think he has more hair than I do, but otherwise, um, it's feeling similar. Yeah, a lot to to
1: chew on with that subject matter for sure, even if you're not a fan of emotional hardcore music, uh, My Chemical Romance, or uh, my favorite band, Ink and Dagger, my favorite uh, selection of his (laughs) work. (laughs) That's my...
0: Is Incan dagger
1: your favorite emotional hardcore band? Oh, 1000%. Easily easily. I mean, Interesting. unless you, depending on who you ask because if you ask me, every hardcore band is emotional if you're doing it right, but
2: I'll <laughs> <laughs> be more on
0: that on the Patreon. <laughs> we got we got plenty of time for that with Jeff. All right, let's give uh let's give Jeff a ring and we'll get into it. All right, Jason, I want to talk to you about uh David Smith. Uh he's got a new show opening at Hauser and Worth in New York at the 22nd Street location. Uh, if you're not familiar with david uh he is one of the most influential innovative artists of the 20th century mostly known for sculpture but this guy was doing his best work in the last five years of his life which is uh (laughs) kind of what i'm hoping for myself (laughs) and just to be clear his best work was done back in the 60s
1: it's important to note when when he did pass it is important
0: to know but the sculptures are very interesting they're cool show closes april 13th no one thing david smith Late Sculptures at Hauser and Worth 22nd Street Gallery. Seven of the artist's most important sculptures from the very final years.
1: These are very important sculptures from his final years. And
0: as much as you want to touch them, they are look but do not. Mm-hmm. Don't make us look bad uh, is kind of is kind of what we're saying. Don't go in there and start knocking stuff over. <laughs> uh, David Smith uh, is now open at Hauser and Worth in New York at the 22nd Street location. And it closes on April 13th. Got it. Nutrafol is the
1: number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people
0: seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. Jason, hair thinning impacts a lot of us. Uh, In fact, over half of us will experience hair thinning at some point in our lives. It's not only common. Jason, it's normal. Mm -hmm. So I think it's time to join the over 1 million people who are doing something about it thanks to Nutrafol. Hair thinning is complicated, uh, and the problem is it's actually much bigger than your hair alone. Like your skin, hair is a reflection of your health, Mm. Um, which if that's the case, Jason, then you're in top physical condition. Uh, (laughs) Internal factors can impact the way your hair looks, feels, and grows. Neutrophil's whole body approach multi-targets underlying root causes like stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrient gaps for visibly Thicker, you know I like them thick, stronger hair. It's all connected, your body. It's all connected. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off, your first month subscription, and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code HOWLONG. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-O-L dot com promo code how long that's com promo code how long
3: all right what's up jeff how are you bro um i'm i'm so happy to be here i gotta tell you guys it's like i feel this surge of adrenaline being here because i only listen to your pot at the gym <sighs> so right now I feel like I should oh hell yeah it. okay
0: perfect <laughs> Okay, perfect. Do you, right, you wanna so, like
1: shoot up into your ass before we do this pod just so it feels normal and comfortable? <laughs> yeah, a little
3: creatine up the butt, you know? <laughs> yeah, you, you do
0: whatever you do whatever you gotta do to feel good, bro. All right, so do you you live in you live in the city, right? Or you live in New York? I do, yeah. I live in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. Okay. What they have gyms in Greenpoint? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They got the ten dollar a month crunch. <laughs> Yeah, okay. There's a $10 munch. I bet the crunch in Greenpoint is actually probably booming with hotties male and female.
3: It's true.
2: Yeah,
0: you think so Chris? Yeah, Greenpoint is where like uh, Greenpoint is f- feeling hot and rich these days. Jeff, would you agree? I'm not I'm not trying to project on you, of course,
3: but <laughs> no, I mean, I wish you could project <laughs> that on me, but um, <laughs> I have a I have a rent stabilized apartment. So, you know, I'm lucky I got in early before the hot people with money. <laughs> okay, um, okay. No, it's okay. Not- it's definitely looking like that these days though. Yeah, I okay, feel like it's okay. I feel like it's
0: Jason, I think it might even be the kind of situation where like that like Greenpoint, Brooklyn Heights more expensive, harder to get an apartment than downtown. Definitely. Very, very possibly, I think it's become the Atwater Village of of Brooklyn. Exactly, is what you would say, Jeff.
3: I would definitely say that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I
1: would one hundred percent. I would
0: one hundred percent say that.
1: Okay, so I've uh, you've done other podcasts before, but those one, I mean, I, I did a little, you know, listening back on a handful of other pods you've done. I won't name any of them, of course. so I won't give them the pleasure, but. It it feels like whenever you talk to people on a podcast, it's have you seen that SNL uh, skit with Chris Farley and, and Paul McCartney, and he's like interviewing Paul McCartney, and all he does is just say like, "Remember that one time? <laughs> yeah, you yeah, guys when that. the Beatles played that one show. It was and he's like, yes, <laughs> and they're like, that was awesome, man. It was so <laughs> awesome. like that's that people. I feel like you have that effect on people whenever they interview. You. And
3: welcome to a pod where that won't happen, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I get to come back with the, like, after the years of drug use. Like, no, nah, I, I definitely don't remember that show. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Actually,
2: funny you ask. I don't
3: remember that one, so that's good. I didn't know. That does make sense, though, I
0: guess, because I feel like because... Um, you know thursday was pretty popular and important to people um even more so everybody's got a little personal anecdote they want to share is that kind of what is that what you're saying jason a little bit i mean that but just 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 sort of like general geeking
1: when you're like the front man of a certain kind of band front person i should say but like not every band has that level of like but like like you said chris like that that emotional connection or that anecdotal moment of like I listened to this blah 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 song when I first got dumped or my fucking uncle died or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like you you make a lot of music that hits a lot of people like that. Yeah. yeah that that's sense. fair. Which means that you have to have a lot of punishers, I
3: suppose. That, that's very fair. We actually um, you know, we were calling like we had a we had a, a lighting guy that was from Northern Ireland and um and there was you know, there were people that come up to us and people and our crew would say, like, oh punish Pete's here. You know what I mean? Like and this one guy kept coming to us who was like crew on a festival tour who was also a big fan he would come up and at the end of it we were saying his name and our lighting i was like i thought that guy's name was pete (laughs) we're like no no it's like punisher pete that's just like a nickname because he's such a punisher and he's like oh guys i've been calling him pete this whole time (laughs) yeah uh there's there's probably a good chance
1: that punisher pete's listening to this right now as he's sort of Combing the hair of the doll that he's made of your likeness,
0: <laughs> is Jeff is Jeff Rickley doll? Yeah, he made one. <laughs> well,
1: seeing you guys' as
3: numbers, he probably is listening. You know, you guys got so many listeners. It's-
0: you're goddamn right. Just uh, just on a numbers alone, <laughs> just it's it's a it's a game. It's a numbers game always, Jeff. Uh, I didn't know. So living in you lived in New York though for like a long time, for like twenty years.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's wild. Yeah.
0: Okay, because I was you know I've been reading the emo book that you're a crux of. I finished it. We, Jason and I have talked about it a lot. Oh, mm-hmm. you finished? All right. Well, I learned, I learned a lot about it, but what I want to talk about... Don't worry, Jason. I won't talk about Taking Back Sunday. <laughs> what I want to talk about, Jeff, is... Thank you. ...is New Jersey, <clears throat> because yeah. the discovery that New Jersey was as important as it was, I guess it's something I never thought about, but... What do you think it is about New Jersey? Because I I don't, I know it's a place that I haven't explored very much, but it gets, it's like the valley in in Los Angeles. It gets like a bad rap. Mm -hmm. But now I'm seeing it glorified, at least in this one place. What do you, obviously the output, but is there a reason? Is there something in the water, as they say? I have a theory,
3: but please go ahead, John. Okay. I'm excited (laughs) to hear it, Jason. But yeah, I think it's like, People say that, like, D.C. is L.A. for ugly people. Okay. And, like, I think New Jersey is, like, it's, like, L.A. for, like, emo people. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's an extremely <laughs> emotional place. Um, I think it's all geography. You know what I mean? Like, at the time when that that kind of, like, scene was bubbling up, New York was, like, uh, pretty restrictive for, like, DIY shows. Like, there was only ABC No Rio, really, that was kind of, like, an illegal DIY spot um, in yeah. New York. And yeah. that was already, like, very established as, like, more of like a, a crustier like more under place was disgusting and, yeah, yeah disgusting yeah I, I lived pretty
0: close to that at one point in my life and i was like the fact that i used to in my mind in like sixth grade think this was cool um is shocking when i walk by it every day um but anyway yeah. continue
3: yeah yes. Yeah. so it's like you know i think kinds of bands that couldn't get booked even at like cbgbs or wetlands because they're just like it was too outside of what new york was doing at the time they like they didn't have a place to flourish in New York, so yeah, New Jersey kind of became like this crossroads where the bands from like D.C. and Philly and New York they would all kind of like pass through. And because we all had basements in New Jersey, yeah. Um, oh yeah, New Brunswick kind of became like a really big hub for like the basement culture. A bit of A humble brag. But go ahead. <laughs> oh, I mean, we have, you know, 20 people in a house, but yeah.
2: That's uh, <laughs> yeah. no, true. But yeah. I,
1: I agree with you on the geography and the proximity. I feel like hardcore in that era, late 90s, early 2000s, you know, anything beyond like 80s original hardcore kind of vibe, where it's like really punk and snotty, mm-hmm. where it sort of became like you needed a suburban middle class setting like yep. Orange County to LA or Jersey to New York to create this. You know, like a uh, for the the fungus to grow—that is hardcore. You needed to have a little boredom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, if you live in New York or LA, you're just hanging out trying to get your dick sucked all day long. You don't have time to fight <laughs> dudes about nothing, absolutely. you know, yeah.
0: and write some chunky chugga yeah. chuggas. <laughs> yeah, how much time can you spend in a parking lot when there's actual women around? It's tough. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah uh, exactly. It's it's very it's tough. It's difficult. Um, that is, yeah. I, I guess that that all makes sense. I guess I was just the way that it was. Um, glorified and then it was backed up though you you know what i mean i was like reading this i'm like what the fuck are these guys talking about and then i'm like oh okay they've kind of got some facts here um so i I came around on it but i i do think you're right it's proximity has got to be the number one reason yeah and
3: and it was like it was really good for our bands too that like we're from here because in a weekend you could do boston new york dc (laughs) it ain't nothing to hit the tri-state
0: area is what you're saying
3: yeah 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 it's like it's very like It's so accessible,
0: you know what I mean? So how much do you hate touring now on a scale of 1 to 10?
3: At the moment, it's like a 9. Okay, (laughs)
2: okay, okay, okay.
3: I'm so burnt out Um, because I've been touring all summer in a van. I've been back to my roots in a van. I've been touring solo opening up for uh, the great, Texas band Sparta, uh, Jim from at the drive and his band after at the drive. And oh, I've yeah. been pouring in their in their band with it. Hold on,
0: hold on. so you're you're showing up. What are we doing? you're You're solo. you got what two turntables or just yeah. the acoustic.
3: Yeah, I'm taking a page out of uh, the them jeans. Yeah, you got the (laughs) really bringing heat every night. Okay,
1: that would be try to leave
0: a little something for Sparta. All
1: right,
3: Jeff. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's true.
0: (laughs) It would be so cool if you if people showed up to see you and you were DJing for an hour with two CD
3: DJs. That'd be really cool. I do get paid more, I do get paid more to DJ. A guest DJ emo nights than I do for my own solo shows, which is it says something. I don't know what, but it says something.
1: Doesn't it make you feel like a like a Republican (laughs) or something like that? Like I like the money,
3: but it feels dirty, kind of. I mean, it does feel sort of ceremonial in some way, where I get there and they show me my playlist, and I'm kind of like, all right, (laughs) what am I? Wait, they? What do you mean they show you your? They tell you what you're going to play? Oh yeah
0: really what
3: hold the fuck on what do you mean they tell you what to play you're the selector bro yeah but the it's like the hard drive like they're like this is your computer here's the hard drive here's like what you have and like also these are the songs that the djs before and after you have taken so like here's what you got left it's like okay 17 songs and i have an hour slot like okay i guess i'll play those wait 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 okay
0: (laughs)
1: what i did
3: not know any of this hold on so you're saying like emo
0: night incorporated has a hard drive full of all the classics and that's like they they're trying to make it easier for you but it, it, they're also it's like a karaoke book they're kind of restricting
2: you
3: yeah a little, yeah a little bit and let me tell you the times that i've like made a big deal about like put some stuff on here that i like load this song you know put some text as the reason do some of this like i play it i play it, and it's like Wow. It's not a good... <laughs> you know, if I play any deep cuts, it's like things get real bad real quick and the crowd is very drunk by...
1: Right. So they ha- they have the master list of songs that work for a reason because if it doesn't work, then yeah. it really doesn't work.
3: And it's sort of like I've heard you talking about, Chris, where it's like they'll put... they'll I'll have to drop a Linkin Park song in there. Oh, hell no. I know. I know. I know. It really- when you say you have to, that's not contractually
1: <laughs> obligated, but it's just like this crowd... You know, the, the three promising 7-inches that yeah. I played before did not really get things turned up, so I have to like <laughs> overcompensate with a Linkin Park or
3: like a kit kind of vibe. Right. Oh yeah, gets a big one at emo night these days too.
0: Oh my god. Yeah. It's even it's even it, it's even worse than I thought cuz I you know, I I've, it is. I've never yeah. been and of course I see people I know doing it and I'm assuming in my mind I'm like, "All right, well the check is hitting." You know like i I know why people are doing this yeah they're making money yeah but i yeah you know there's like a whole thing i just i post this on twitter this week like two of the girls from vanderpump rules dropped a remix at emo night and i was like guys what are Uh, we talking about like how on earth (laughs) are these two things crossing over like how does this happen but it's like (laughs) the world is flat like culture truly we are truly living in a monoculture yeah like when that kind of stuff happens i'm like how does this like did one of the girls from vanderpump rules really like blink 182 and like know the word you know what i mean like what is their interest level well what my my problem is is we're living in a
1: time where this thing that we all may have used to identify with being emo which is you know originally was a thing that people would call us a fag and then that's about it yeah it was a negative connotation now everyone yeah. And everything can just be emo. You know, like a couple yeah. of Vanderpump chicks are emo because, like, we're all emo and it's all yummy and it's awesome. And being emo <laughs> is like dope. Yeah. Recently, no, exactly. I will say
3: that's so, like, it's so true because recently I had, um, so, like, I, th- there's been some interest in the books, like movie rights, and I've met with a, a couple people, and one of them Let's said, go. Let's go. Yeah, uh, come on. Come on. Let's baby. go. Let's do it.
1: Bruckheimer's on board. Yeah,
0: we have a lot of industry people listening to this, so... Hey, actually,
1: Jeff, I, I, I'd I ask you, just, we're during the strike, if you just don't talk about it, that'd be sick. <laughs> oh. just, to re-
3: just to respect. <laughs> oh, oh, no. I did it. I did it. Jeff. I'm in trouble Jeff, now. Jeff, thank... Jeff's canceled. I knew that was going to happen.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, the, the screenplay hasn't been written yet, but... You know, I'm just getting you ready
3: and primed for when when the sharks start circling. Okay. So so and the director, he's like my age, you know, and he was like, you know, obviously the one thing that we'll have to figure out is like, you know, the dirty word, like you know, emo is so uncool, and I was like. You're too old, man. Yeah, like that is like that stigma of when we were younger and emo was like the uncool. Like it's like everything is emo. Nothing is emo. It does. It's like a totally. Yeah, it doesn't even mean it. You could
0: literally call it the emo movie and it would probably do better than any other title. Better. Like that's yeah. the that, that's the, yeah. e- emo
1: is 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 as specific as mental health right. and yeah, wellness. That's a good point, Jason.
0: Like good vibes yeah, only. That's a good point. Um, do you want to make, so the book, um it comes out soon, right? yeah, it comes out uh july twenty fifth yeah.
1: I didn't get my my p d f yet, so we don't exactly know exactly what it's about, but I know that it's roughly involving sobriety and a and a dark journey to get there, maybe a not so dark a sick journey.
3: It's definitely not like a recovery book, I would say you know it's um okay it's it's more fun than that it's not it's an it's a novel. <laughs> <you know? laughs> Bro, this ain't this ain't Matthew Perry, Chief. There's some fun in here, okay?
0: Let's
1: uh, let's yeah. keep it. Let's yeah, keep it yeah, one hundred. It's a
0: recovery
3: book, but you make it swag. It's more it's <laughs> I mean, it's more Brad Easton Ellis than it is like, I don't know, like Leslie Jameson. You know what I mean? It's okay, not like sure. this isn't gonna help. I don't think this is gonna help anybody to like Is that in your hinge profile, by the way, Jeff? That's good stuff right there. <laughs> I don't think you know, this is not like meant as like a helpful. Uh, it's not a helpful <laughs> thing. You know what I mean? Sure, it's, okay. it's, it's mainly it's for people who are I, who are I,
1: uh, entertained by like deep strife. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: All right. So that that being said, I'll pre-order a copy today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think you know, I don't think like, I don't think there's much good art made out of like moralistic. Like this is meant to help you. Like I do want people to get help, but that's not really like. Yeah. You know, that's not really what I what I'm dealing with. The book,
1: okay, but the, but it is a fictional novel, roughly or loosely based on personal experiences. Getting sober through yes. uh, an intense psychedelic drug procedure ceremony kind of thing. It's
3: it's a lot based on like uh, the Divine Comedy, like Dante, and 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 it's sort of like okay, it's kind of like a retelling of that in the mind of a of a of a of a junkie, you know, walking around the streets of New York. Um, and trying to get help with a pretty ill advised like method.
1: We already had fuckboy on the podcast (laughs) last year. All
3: right. Oh, nice. Nice. (laughs) How was that? Was that fun? I missed that one. I I actually really honestly, it was great. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Okay. Okay. I I prefer the solo episodes, you know, like (laughs) the guests sometimes I skip around a little bit. Okay.
0: Okay. (laughs) I understand understand that. We've heard that feedback from your types before. (laughs) Uh, but I think that, I think that. He's well. He's especially interesting, I think, because he feels like a character from like a different time. Yeah, I like. Like him. you know, I think, and and that's. I mean, the style, the whole thing. But I think that part of the appeal of this story, obviously, is like the kind of uh, unusual way that you went to to you know get sober and get help. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I also, I also think you're, you're like a known quantity, you know. But <laughs> the book might kind of. I think the book uh, and the subject matter will probably, you know put you into some new circles let's say yeah. we'll see you at the guggenheim this summer <laughs> exactly
1: right. what, what, right. what city, <laughs> uh, what's
3: what city does the novel take place in i take it takes place a lot in new york and then in uh, in tijuana where i got the treatment in tijuana
0: okay let's talk about the treatment because this is something i'm you know i'm sober i have a lot of sober friends and yeah. I've never heard of this. I mean, I've heard the tale of it. Oh, really? I mean, I've heard like the tale of it, you know what I'm saying? But I've never talked to a human being who has done it and it's worked successfully.
3: Yeah, I will say that, I, I you know... It, it worked, quote unquote. Like it did, allow me to find my way into, uh, you know, a reco- like a a more consistent recovery program, like like a twelve step type program. So when I think about what worked, I can't say for sure it was this or whether it was like you know every day going to AA for you know years after mm-hmm. that. Um, but it was the spark. It was the spark, and I I had been going to meetings when I was still like. You know, I'd sit in a meeting and I'd think about heroin for an hour and then I'd go out on cop like immediately after and that that, that wasn't
2: working, you know. <laughs>
3: okay so that didn't work okay
0: i like that because i think (laughs) every single person in a meeting is thinking about heroin and but then they don't cop is the idea but i see what all this all this heroin talk is
3: making me hungry for a a, a, that's i didn't even (laughs) think that that makes so much (laughs) sense that's crazy i mean i i had a, a therapist a drug therapist who'd be like just like you know go to the meeting and then you'll feel better and i was like Okay.
2: <laughs> you know, like I, I,
3: it hasn't yet. <laughs> Thanks,
1: lady. What's your Venmo? <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, <laughs> it hasn't yet. I, I, meetings didn't like seem to cure my, uh, my, my physical, uh, addiction, but, but, mm-hmm. but this did give me a little bit of a respite from it where, you know, in the immediate weeks after going down there, maybe up to at a stretch, maybe six months, I, I wasn't in withdrawal and I wasn't even, like depressed, I was like kind of, I kind of had some hope, and that l- allowed me to yeah. do all the work that I needed to do. Out of the other people that I took it with, I know that at least two of the four of us have since kept using. So I don't know if it's like, you know, I've heard mm. different figures of how effective began is, and and I can say from my own experience, like it's not sure, fa- you know, it's not like a sure, it's not sure, silver bullet. Sure. You know what I mean, right?
1: It's not as it's not a Were you drawn to Ibogaine because it
3: sounds like a hardcore band? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, it was actually you know it's funny it's Bro. funny that you mentioned Ink and Dagger because that was that was Don from Ink and Dagger turned me on to Ibogaine. Okay, you know, damn. Uh, so
0: okay, so Ibogaine does sound like a a trust kill band uh, for sure. Yeah. Ibogaine Abnegation Split Seven Inch. Have it on Marble. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. <laughs> Got it on Marble. <laughs> I have yeah. No, I have the swirl. I have the limited swirl. So you were turned on to this by a a friend from a band and his his experience with it was positive or he was more just like i I heard about I'm informing you about it
3: yeah he's kind of more of like an in the know on esoteric knowledge type of a person so he had to like he figured it out i think you know i had just done a bunch of stuff for the ink and dagger reunion and i think it was sort of fresh in his mind of like the singer of ink and dagger uh you know died at at 27 and i think he was kind of like i don't really want to see like we were living together at the time too so i I think he was kind of like i don't really want to see this happen again you know like i don't think i could handle that like personally having that happen again so he kind of would every so often meet up with me and give me these like pep talks and ideas of, of ways and he was like this is the one you're gonna go do this damn you know like this is gonna work. I've seen it. That's really a great
0: friend. Yeah, that's a really interesting. I guess and and you were mm-hmm. you were mostly open to this because it feels pretty extreme. Like even in my darkest days, I would have been like, "Get out of here with that juju." You know what I mean? Like I would not have. Yeah. I, I, that wouldn't have worked.
2: I for definitely me. was like get out of here. Yeah, it, I was. Explain like, Explain what here.
0: this juju is.
1: What it? What exactly is ibogaine, and what does it do to you?
3: Yeah. So it's ma- basically there's a shrub. Uh, in Africa that has a root bark that if you shave the root bark off, it's a psychedelic uh, a dissociative. And it's, it's, it's pretty heavy in the, in the ritual practice, you would eat as much of this, you would sort of force feed this to somebody for hours, this root bark mush, and then they would throw up for a few hours and then they would trip for like three days. Shit. And you would do this maybe like out in the woods and people would be like ceremonially, it'll be like people blowing smoke in your face mm-hmm. and having like a whole ceremony out of it but naked the whole time yeah i mean there's it feels like that that's kind of like it's like very like primal you know um okay and and there's sort of some rumors too that the reason that uh like catholic missionaries and, and christian missionaries never caught on in in that area of the world is because they would say like we're going to introduce you to our god and the tribes of like Gabon and, and the Bwiti tribe would say like, no, we'll take you in the forest and show you God's back there. Like, we'll show you, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of <laughs> like, okay, do this ceremony with us. Now you've tripped for three days. like You're not going to come back here and mess with us, you know? Um, wow. So, yeah. So that's where it originally comes from. And then they've isolated the properties that are most psychoactive and, and effective. Yeah. And that's what Ibogaine is. So the shrub is a boga. And then the compound is ibogaine, and then then it's in a clinical setting where you're you know you have to run on a treadmill with like heart machines and stuff to make sure it's not going to kill you because it does kill whoa. some people. Um, well, hold on, hold on, hold on, yeah. hold on. So it. So it kills some people. Yeah. Um.
0: And you do like full on medical testing beforehand before taking it. So you're on you're on like a treadmill. You're, you're like it's like a almost like a heart test, like a fitness test to make yeah. sure. Look like Mark Wahlberg's house. Got a bunch <laughs> of sh- wires yeah, hooked exactly. up to yeah, you exactly. on the treadmill. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. But so, but but in your mind, you're like, well, heroin kills a lot of people too, so
3: I might as well give it a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Like this kills like point three percent in heroin. It's like you know. I don't know it's it's probably a lot a lot more, yeah. more than that you know? yeah sure
0: i don't mean to i don't mean to bear be the bearer of bad news but as far as i can tell heroin is cooler than this as far as ways to die <laughs> um but i'm not i you know i'm glad you're with us jeff that's all i'm saying i'm glad you made it <laughs> how is it how is it um administered is it like
3: a tea is it a shot is it like how does it get into your body yeah so like you know they kind of do psychological prep for three days in like a beach house. And then when you're finally ready to do it, they take you to an actual clinic and they hook you up on an IV so you can get your fluids because you're not going to be drinking for like a long time. And sure, sure, And then they put the heart monitor on. They keep everybody on like an EKG machine while it's going so they can find out if you're about to go into like a real crisis and they they can work on you. Yeah. Yeah. And then they bring a little paper cup with one capsule. And the first capsule is to make sure you're not allergic to it. So like before you get like a real dose, they kind of do like a little, a little test just to make sure nothing's happening. And then they bring on what they call the flood dose Mm -hmm. and the flood dose, you know, is a very evocative (laughs) word. Yeah. It's like, it makes you. It is what it seems like. So the way that the trip starts after you take the flood dose is you hear something. You start to hear an oral hallucination. Uh, In most cases, it's like a swarm of bees or mosquitoes or, you know, some kind of bug coming at you. Um, Bug specific. Yeah, like really far away. It's a very there's a lot of very specific things involved with the trip. Like once that oral hallucination comes, it comes from sort of far away and then it swarms around you and then you feel it like snap go inside you like the bugs go inside and then you're fucking tripping your (sighs) face off at that point you know what i mean like the world becomes a trip whoa (laughs) and one of the things that's very if you open your eyes you are in like the clinic still but there are trees everywhere. You're kind of in a rainforest. You hear dripping water. You hear like frogs and stuff. It's like you were, it's it's very interesting. It has a, it has a terroir, you know, a terroir or whatever of, <laughs> uh, of the forest. That, you know. that, that's almost the most, that's like the almost the
1: most fascinating part about it. Because every time you take mushrooms or acid, it's just like every time mm-hmm. it's a completely different scenario. You know, it's just like today I'm on Mars and now I'm in the ocean and now I'm doing this and now I'm fighting a karate guy. But I'm always really fascinated by the drugs where, like the things happen to everyone right. You know a thousand years ago across to yesterday yeah. to work yeah. across the board. Yeah. bugs start swarming around and then they go inside you and then you start tripping. Yeah
0: Jeff. What is your, what what was your relationship with psychedelics before because like I, I know for me I was like once I found oxycontin i was like this is the feeling i like i'm kind of all set yeah you know yeah Um, yeah yeah
3: i i was experienced as a kid in like high school but yeah i i didn't mess with them that's not how i want to feel i wanted yeah i wanted to feel like the opiate like i just wanted to I wanted to go about my business like life as usual except now i enjoy doing my taxes and like nothing bothers me exactly (laughs) yeah that's a great way to put it yeah okay that
0: makes so for real that's the whole point of opiates jason you you if you do it right you feel amazing and no one knows yeah unfortunately usually you get to a
3: point where people start to know (laughs) and then you don't feel quite as amazing no and then you also can't stop it once people start to notice it's like now there's no going back you know Mm, yeah there's yeah there's
0: yeah exactly the 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 dream is over, you know. Once it's kind of like uncovered, let's say. Damn. Um, Well, that's. I think this is. This doesn't feel like. This doesn't. I don't know. I didn't realize there was such a medical kind of side to this, Mm -hmm. um, where it's like very very controlled in a way that like we don't want blood in our hands, so we're gonna treat this like a it is it is like a medical thing it's not like a drug thing really
3: yeah i mean i think that's that's the way to do it you can find people who will do it illegally here in the states like in a hotel room for three days but this is the thing you can't walk like as soon as you take it the main side effect is ataxia so even lifting your head is like the room spins until you can't control your muscles anymore like people have to sort of wheel you to the bathroom and then like you know, I remember sort of fire hose pissing all over the bathroom because I couldn't, like, <laughs> even grab myself, you know? And then knowing that there was, like, a young woman about to use the bathroom after me and being like, oh, well, sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, good luck in there. My bad.
2: <laughs> Damn.
3: Okay, so... Um, and then you can't walk for a few days after, too. So it's... it's Yeah, you definitely need help. Geez. So how many...
0: Okay, so... Okay, this is... Yeah, I'm... I'm this is really opening my third eye. <laughs> um, is there... Okay, now... When you decide to do this, uh-huh. um, obviously you've probably you're at a point where there's it's feeling like there's not much of a choice. Yeah, you know, definitely. like you got to kind of you you got you got to do something. Um, is it? Are are you like are your parents involved? Like who is kind of involved in your life at that point where you're like this is what I'm going to go do, and they're going to be like, bitch, what? or were they support or were they like yeah let's do yeah you should do this let's go do some psychedelics to get you off drugs like what was the response to friends from friends and family
3: you know all my friends and family who had been like don't do that that's that's insane you know what i mean like there's other ways there's other ways to do this by the time i did it they were like yeah
2: what do you got to lose, man? Go
1: for You're like, so you call him to tell him that. You're like, so you don't need to stay on my couch? Yeah, go Tijuana, whatever you want, bro. Sick. <laughs> dude, Sounds fun, good. Fun, I hope right. it works. You don't
0: need to borrow $50. Right. Let's do it. Uh, that's a, okay. That's, that's a really, that part is interesting because I feel like if I went to my parents or something like that, they would just be like, this feels like drugs though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: But that that leads me to a question is can this or do people use it recreationally at all? Or is that just insane?
3: Yeah, it's it was a question that came up. Like there were like I was I was telling Chris uh that you know there 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 is a, a sort of three day psychological preparation where it's like this is going to be really heavy. We need to get you ready for how heavy this is going to be, but also we kind of have to do some things to make you make the most of this experience because they they also say it's like you get you get the relief from the physical symptoms but also it's a they call it a thousand hours of psychotherapy in one night and um, Mm. and so they do a couple things they for one thing you know your subconscious doesn't have language it's all pictures it shows you what it needs in pictures and you have to kind of be able to understand what those pictures mean so they show you like a lot of iconic like iconographic suggestion you know, pictures of certain celebrities that mean things to like sort of almost universally to people. You know, a bad guy would be Hitler and a good guy would be, you know, I don't know, JFK mm-hmm. or something. I, you know, right. that's like a, for an American framework or whatever, you know, a US framework, that's uh, maybe that's comfortable. Mm-hmm. But there were also like, because the video was so old, there was like OJ Simpson was in there and like I didn't know what that was supposed to mean.
2: Um, <laughs> but so they like sort of
3: the clockwork orangey you know what i mean they show you all these images and okay. then they tell you some questions to ask yourself like like you ask like show me my true self and then it shows you one of those pictures you know so this is a, okay. a lot of this is in the in the book um but uh but yeah it's a, it's a sort of fascinating thing and in that time they kind of like they 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 got you ready for that and, and told you a bunch of stuff about how Man. to do it <sighs> Okay,
1: so so do you ever experience an actual high that feels amazing?
3: Oh, sorry. In the traditional sense? That was the question. I remember what the question was. But no, yeah, that's okay. it, so basically, one of the questions in that preparation period was, can you get addicted to ibogaine <laughs> and the whole staff were laughing about it they were like that's really good you'll see it's you know you're never going to want to do this again and that's like part of it, right that you you got to stay sober because otherwise you might have to do this again
1: you know what I mean? <laughs> um, like have you do do you know anyone who's addicted to uh, stubbing their toe yes right.
0: <laughs> it's not <laughs> super common it's not super common but it happens.
3: i'm sure it does happen somewhere okay
0: so you go you go
3: through this and is there's a lot of is there a lot of physical is is it's very physical yeah. right yeah it's very uncomfortable physically there's a lot of like feelings of wanting to throw up and feeling kind of sick and like yeah not knowing what to do they put weighted blankets on you to kind of keep you in place and um and the the interesting thing is the staff which i found out halfway through is that the staff all have to take it to work there
2: oh. so they know what you're
3: going through even though like they're not coming into it as like junkies or addicts or whatever um they have still had to take it so they're like i get you man you need like let me get you a little orange juice after this is done because you know poor baby (laughs) because it's going to help with the visuals i get it (laughs) yeah right
2: right. that's actually that's damn that's
3: very that's cool and i mean that's very smart
0: because that's how it should be you know otherwise it's it's Mm -hmm. probably pretty tough to relate you're like damn this motherfucker's acting crazy (laughs) Um,
1: do you so is is this considered to sort of be like about as powerful of a drug that you can get in the world
3: or are there ones that are crazier than this i think it's it's right up there so people were asking like how does this compare to a drug like ayahuasca Mm -hmm. and they were saying like well ayahuasca is the gentle think of it this way is the gentle mother and like ibogaine is like the harsh judgmental grandfather got it and that's like it's like really intense it's it's definitely one of the strongest some tough love yeah it's tough love i think they're probably Slightly more powerful would be smoking DMT, like the frog venom, which they also have you do when you can when you can walk again. They bring you to like a, like a the fuck? room and have you smoke the DMT to bring you back up to the light, you know, so you're not down in the dark. So um, smoke
1: a little frog venom as a straightener, yeah. like like when Chris does a bump so he <laughs> yeah. can drive the Mercedes. home.
3: That's right. Oh, fuck
1: me. After you have you know years of of heroin use and addiction, and then you you do ibogaine. You're, you've sort of do you do you walk around the world like somebody who's climbed mount everest like do you look down on other people when they're like man i did fucking like two grams of mushrooms last night and i saw you know skrillex it was so crazy do you look at them like you fool you child you don't even know what being high <laughs> is like do you walk around like you got big brass balls now yeah yeah, yeah
3: that's <laughs> kind of my
2: thing
1: yes i do <laughs> oh yeah this episode of How Long Gone is brought to you by Booking.com. That is Booking Booking.yeah.
0: Booking.com offers so many possibilities across the U.S. Uh, from relaxing beach resorts, which you know I, I love. I'm a big fan. I love to bake in the sun. To remote mountain cabins where you can go up there and work on your kind of acoustic album. Mm. The multitude of choices across the beautiful United States of America on Booking.com allow you to book whoever you want to be. I, Jason, you know me, I, I'm a different version of myself depending on where I'm traveling and who I'm with. You know what I mean? It's always baseline. Oh, wow. It's baseline Chris. Diva alert. It's baseline Chris but when I'm in Australia, it's different. But in the US, if I go to Florida, if I go to Georgia, if I go to California, if I go to Wyoming, you know, I, I'm going to switch up my swag a little bit.
1: Oof, I can only imagine. I, I just recently used booking.com to take a little uh, post V-Day trip up into wine country hmm. and I can't wait to see who i will be when i am there so book whoever you want to be on booking.com Booking. Yeah. are you having a hard time coming up with new fresh exciting meals to cook every single day day after day i know i am it's nice to take a little break from the chaos trying to figure out what you're going to cook You know I love my meal kits and being able to feast on a delicious meal without the long prep, cook times, driving to the store. What if the produce is bad? What if they ran out of salmon? That's what drew me over to the Home Chef folks. Home Chef meals are effortless, even for somebody like me who isn't making it on to Top Chef anytime soon. Uh, I am actually going to make it maybe more so on... (laughs) iron chef or if there's a better better thing than top sooner than me i mean let's call it toppy chef it's just a little (laughs) bit more
0: on top Top toppy chef is going to get cut home chef provides fresh ingredients and chef design recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes oven ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes home chef has you and the entire family covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Uh, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering uh, our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and, and this is great for me, free dessert for life at homechef.com howlong. That's homechef.com howlong for 18 meals free and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash howlong must be an active subscriber to receive that free dessert. Don't get it twisted.
3: That actually brings up something that I didn't put in the book, but that is so weird is that um, there is like one part of my trip at the very end. Like, so the whole trip is kind of earth tones, more like mushrooms, more like down in the ground, not like acid, which is kind of like neon up in the sky. You know, there was a part of the trip that like at the very end, after all the worst stuff was over, and I didn't put this in the book because I was like, this is just so weird. There was like five minutes where it zoomed into like hyper hyper uh colorized kind of like this weird fast motion thing and it was like a it was like this weird vision of other stuff that I had never been through in my life mm. and um and afterwards I asked the counselor like hey I saw this weird thing <laughs> and it was like talking about like there's the new spring queen there's no new spring queen and that like it's like going to be a huge problem for the world and it was like sort of this pagan ritual and that, like, there was no queen for the world and the world wasn't going to renew again. And then it showed, like, a plague coming and all this other stuff that I was just kind of like, it was real, it was real weird. And the counselor was like, oh, you were in the 5% that got a vision of the future. <laughs> and I was like, oh, is that, is that real <laughs> Like, yeah, you're.
0: You're like I'm a I'm I'm a five percenter. Tell me side effects may include
1: being able to see the future and the global pandemic. Am I right, Jeff? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. saying. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. He's like, oh, you thought grimace
0: was our yeah, only problem, yeah.
1: guys? Yeah, I thought that grimace for COVID. Day coming. So they're okay. like, there is no spring, <laughs> spring queen. That's yeah. like a sacrificial thing where, like, if if the Earth doesn't have a, a, a spring queen, then then summer won't come. Is it that kind of vibe?
3: Yeah, that's kind of the vibe. It's like there will be no renewal. Like this is the last. <laughs>
0: does does Earth
3: know that Dua Lipa exists? <laughs> I know, right? she's, here. she's right here
0: <laughs> every spring. She's the queen. If she has a new song, somebody wrote for her. Absolutely.
1: Hey, Earth to Earth. <laughs> do this here. She's
0: ready. Look right in front of you. Actually, and um, speaking
1: of Chris, speaking of not writing your own songs, we can talk about your 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 producing. You produce music for bands. My Chemical Romance being the the biggest one probably, right? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> You're like not even close, brother. Not even close. Um by a long shot. By a jersey mile. Um yeah. what do you think about all the all the talk going on nowadays? thanks to rick rubin jack antonov being you know in the spotlight now and people are re- are now reminded that people have been producing albums for decades without actually playing the instruments on the album but more just being the mm. the guru in the room mm. is that the type of producer that you are or
3: or are you in there slapping the bass well i like to work with like uh artists on their first records who really like need a lot of help in a lot of different areas you know that are like really missing the mark like they maybe have a little something going on but are like not not there yet you know (laughs) okay so you find you find bands that you hate and you're like let me offer
0: to produce your album and make you good is that kind of the approach um you know <laughs>
1: Well, not every turd can be polished and you're able to see which one will a uh, polish and will take to.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's kind of more like it's more like that. You
1: see the potential and then you could turn it into you something. You can see
3: a little something, like a glimmer of there's so little music that has that like glimmer of life in it. That's you know, there's just something, that's new, true. you know, there really isn't a lot. So if you see one that's got that, but also they don't know how to tune their guitars and they're playing like <laughs> crazy drums, uh-huh. and You know, it's just a really great learning curve. I love because smart kids will pick stuff up quick. You know what I mean? And so if you find the right ones to work with, I remember I'll never I don't think I'll ever have another experience like working with Gerard from My Chemical Romance the first time where, you know, he would sing a song and I'd be like, this melody is so repetitive, like he's singing the same thing over and over and over again. It's driving me crazy. (laughs) And I'd suggest like an alternate for the third line of the verse. And he would, instead of singing what I sang him, he'd go the fuck off and just like sing some crazy like Freddie Mercury riff, you know? Yeah. And I'd just be like, oh. Or that you could do that. <laughs> yeah, let's.
1: Uh, we're good. We're good with that one. You don't need to do it again. We're good. Thanks. So the ge- the genius was inside of him the whole time. You just had to remind him, like, oh yeah, you can also sing like Freddie Mercury sometimes, and he's like, oh yeah, that's right. I should I should just do that and become a millionaire. That's kind of how it <laughs> felt. Yeah, it that's why your like job. I is. made
3: like the world's most perfunctory suggestion, and the guy all of a sudden decided to be like one of the most amazing singers I've ever seen. And I know that like probably most people listening to that would be like, no, they're like a. They're like an emo band or whatever. It's like no, that that dude can fucking sing. It's ins- it's mm-hmm. awesome.
0: well, I think I think that yeah. that is yeah. I mean, absolutely, he can. I, I think that was another. That's that's like <sighs> producing is become like a thing people know about. Where it like Jason saying like before it wasn't like. It just wasn't common knowledge that every hit song had twelve people working on it, right? You know, there was like, a, there was, there was kind of a, a veil that that was like, oh no, this is just Jewel and her acoustic guitar, you know, and she <laughs> right. just writes it all, you know. And it's like, well, that's not really how it works, but it was, it was maybe more fun when it was like that, when the suspended, you know what I mean? I think that might now everybody's a nerd and wants to know, like, like knows who Beyonce's top line guy is. Right. is do we need to know that? Like, do we need to know that? It doesn't matter. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't want to know how all the sausage is made. I I saw somebody, um, I think it was on Twitter, maybe, definitely not Threads, but <laughs> say that like their their theory as to why Gen Z is sort of like not up in arms, but like wondering like what what does Rick Rubin or Jack Antonov do if they're, you know, you can't quantify exactly what they're doing on it, and and they're saying that's because of like the rise of like hip hop production where. A producer is like a, a person that makes the beat for the song and that's mm-hmm. it and they don't really understand that it, it, it can be so much more yeah
3: i think that's true i also think people really undervalue like what a rick rubin does i know i do <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah i hate the I hate the beastie boys but i like being barefoot so i kind of
0: that's where i go. that's where i find it. his
3: main skill is cash and checks if you ask me <laughs> well honestly no shade. if you've no, ever been in stuck. a band and you know how many stupid things get said and how they all kind of get treated equally or get argued about as if like each viewpoint is an equal viewpoint <laughs> having one person in the room to be like uh no you can't do that
2: <laughs> Jeff is that so is valuable. Jeff you that mean, is the best to- that wow.
3: is the best way
0: to look at producing that i've ever heard in my entire life yeah
1: no you yeah honestly you summed it up it's it's like you you can't have an aa meeting without the leader being like well we're, we're going to stop talking about that now and
0: now it's your turn to talk, or like not right. every idea is is genius. Well, yeah. it's also the I, the idea that they're uh, you know impartial. They're, they're not a member of the band. They're not trying. You know, it's it's a different. Right. They're looked at differently, and their opinion is is kind of taken more seriously in some ways because it doesn't yeah. feel as per as personal. Maybe. And there are
3: producers that can do both. You know, we worked with Dave Fridman uh, on our last three records, and he was like this perfect. Like he did all that, and he also every single mic and knew how every piece of gear worked you know what i mean that's Mm -hmm. there are people who can do both but it is it is not that common that it's usually one or the other you're an engineer or you're like a vibe guy you know what i mean or you're a songwriter yeah those are kind of like the three you know some some producers like don't know anything about production but they're great arrangers or songwriters and they just they'll they'll help you write that record that you know you're you're flaming out and you don't have anything left. I,
0: I'm I'm looking yeah. to get I think later in life I'll get into production um and be of course more of a Rick guy since I can't play any instruments. Um but I don't know how bands will respond to me just being like there are no songs over and over and over, you know, when they're playing me <laughs> dem- demos and shit. I don't know how that's going to go.
1: You don't know how many different ways you can scream, This isn't a hit, goddammit. I and mean, <laughs> yeah, when exactly. you throw your like, matcha against the wall, yeah.
0: <laughs> I listen to these 10 songs and hear
3: one fucking chorus. What have you guys been doing in here? God, I'm having flashbacks of you saying all that because I've been in that seat of being, of hearing that, you know, so many times. It's like, that's not a hit, man. That ain't but it. I mean, <laughs> I
0: just don't think that, I think that. I mean, look, it has to be said, but it's not great to hear. I'm sure, but I also don't think someone like you. I don't think you're think you at at least most points in your career. I imagine you weren't thinking about is this a hit or not. You're just like, is this what I want to do or not? Is
1: this song gonna get me laid? I mean, yeah, is it good?
3: <laughs> no, the, the album format. That's the way I think about it. Is the album going to get me late, Jason? That okay. That's, that's, <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, okay. No. Smart, smart. If, if, if Shorty, if Shorty yeah, can
0: so follow long. along for the whole ride, then she's in for a treat at the end. I'm not like the other guys. Yeah. I'm not like Diplo. Right. I don't do singles. She's got to
3: like the whole album.
2: <laughs> yeah. um, no, it's,
3: uh, it, it's definitely like, I don't know if you know, but after we signed to Island and put out War All the Time, like the whole staff left pretty much like right in the middle of uh, that record coming out and and in, in protest of the record <laughs> yeah no unfortunately no. it wasn't anything that dramatic they got a better job okay. <laughs> they got better jobs um okay but the guy that really loved this over there like the the head honcho that loved us is this guy leor cohen and he got like tapped to run like, i like that this Atlanta. guy Leor, you
0: know this guy leor you ever heard this of him? guy
3: leor cohen <laughs> Was the so he got replaced with L.A. Reid, a, a certified hit maker. You know what I mean? Like a, somebody who's like really gone. He ain't fucking with Thursday like that. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> so he came in and he came to see us at Warped Tour. Real, that's sweet of him. <laughs> yeah, I have to say when we came off stage, he was like, oh, my God, you guys have star power. Like you have so much potential. You could be like the next big rock band. Like this is really happening. Like I'm so out of all the bands that I inherited. I'm so excited. Oh. We we're like wow thanks this, la reed <laughs> this is so cool you know and he's like all we gotta do is get somebody to write you some songs <laughs>
0: <laughs> damn that's exactly- after you just
1: finished playing for like a crowd of thirty thousand people
3: like <laughs> yeah. screaming every word <laughs> yeah and we were like oh we don't do that and he like it was literally like you could see the lights in his eyes just go out like oh, okay cool <laughs> You know what i mean like i'm done with this band like this mm-hmm. band is like you know they're not they're not going anywhere. how many records we got these guys yeah.
0: for all right give them the money let's get them out of here we're done i mean i think the i think that guys like that i, I it's it's crazy that there's like a person like that who's in charge of every genre of music because they're mm-hmm. the president <laughs> of the company you know and it's like i know that sounds insane but it's like bro you're usher like you are not going to understand third there's no planet which you understand Thursday. Like there's just no planet where you understand it. Uh and I I mean maybe they're more well-rounded now, but especially back in that era, that wasn't the point. Yeah. yeah. I
3: mean, they had, you know, they had Fallout Boy on the label. And I think he was kind of like, Oh, we could have another Fallout Boy if we get somebody to write these guys some songs. You know what I mean? We could have another like like giant selling band. And we were kind of like just not not really with that. You know what I mean? That's just not like I'm not I'm not that interested in being big if it's like with songs that I don't connect with or like ideas that I don't feel like are new or interesting or like, you know, and maybe I, I sound like I'm getting a little like ahead of myself. It's like, dude, you're in Thursday, you're not in like Merzbau. you know what I mean? But like <laughs> but but the thing that like interests me is something that feels new and it feels like personal, it feels good. You know what I mean? That's that's like what gets me excited to be a musician, why I've like sacrificed so much of my life for the past 26 years to do this. Um yeah. so it just kind of was like it just wasn't a question that was going to go anywhere with us even though I can see where he's coming from. You know what I mean? It's like why spend a million dollars in Camden that sounds like Thursday? Like I'm in
1: the business of making money. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't
3: make any sense. Not making sure that this
1: fucking guy is like emotionally Whoa. Whoa. pleased with his songwriting output
0: <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> my kids are in Whoa. private school crying out loud <laughs> bro put put that guitar down and listen to me for one second my kids are in private school
1: no what I, do you I think that- jeff what do you think about i mean that this this conversation is sort of reminding me of like how far this whole industry has come in terms of open-mindedness and now you have like Lil Uzi Vert where half of his album are like screamo songs mm. and now it's just such like a widely beloved
3: genre of music. So this is kinda like this is gonna sound bad, but this is the first I'm hearing of it with the with the Uzi Vert. No, that's that's very cool of you. <laughs> is it like Sasha and Orchid Screamo or is it like uh is it like bring me I wish Earth? it's bring me the horizon. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
0: Bro, I love that you think Lil Uzi Vert's got a Satia feature. That's a great thing. <laughs> it's
1: not it's not outside the realm of possibilities at all.
0: No, it's at this point nothing would surprise me. But yeah his whole album is like But like he he goes on stage and sings with with
1: like Paramore and oh wow. and yeah a lot of these bands he'll like he'll just straight up is he pulling it off
0: is it good no no it's terrible it's absolutely terrible <laughs> okay but it's but it's okay. like it's it's still though like you know it's funny because there's this whole there's this whole thing going on right now because there hasn't been a number one hip hop album in, in the calendar year like it's been Morgan way you know You're Morgan kidding. Wallen or whatever no there hasn't been one in 2023 so I believe. The pink tape from Lil' Uzi Vert was like they, they were like the hip hop community was claiming it and people were like, bro, this has a bring me the horizon feature. I don't I mean, <laughs> I guess he's a rapper technically, but I don't know if I would be like kinda, you know, trying to take the crown for this one, let's say. It's 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 as it's as hip hop
1: as, you know, the Barbie soundtrack will be. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So
0: it's it's an interesting like they they're debating this, you know, it doesn't matter, obviously. But yeah, I think that like Paramore is such a weird thing like he went on stage with Paramore and did a song with them. And it's I mean, obviously, by doing a song, I mean, he like wears Balenciaga and like (laughs) runs around in a circle. You know, he's not really doing much. He's not he's not (laughs) harmonizing or anything. You know what I mean? He's kind of just vibing. Um, But it is it is this weird. It is this weird. I think it's just been long enough. You know, it's just been long enough where stuff like this has finally like influenced people that you wouldn't expect, and it's it. I think it's t- time is the number one factor yeah, in absolutely. that happening. It's
3: very surreal from the inside just when this kind of stuff happens. You know, like somebody will reach out and be like huge fan, and I'll just think like really, why? Okay, well, let's get a
1: couple of those names. What's the top three? Yeah, who's
3: the let's, Yeah, yeah. Let's give top three fans. Yeah, I don't know one of the one of the guys from uh, Menudo. Uh, reached out to me recently i thought that was very surprising <laughs> menudo what the fuck okay
1: for our listeners at home menudo was like a, a latinx boy band from the late 80s yeah ricky martin yeah, ricky martin was where in. ricky That's martin the famous, got his start it
3: wasn't ricky martin who reached out though okay yeah, No. Okay, it'd be cool if okay. you buried the lead. Some guy from right, Menudo, some guy from Menudo. Oh, Ricky Martin. This yeah. guy Ricky, he's nice. He seemed um, cool. Yeah, he seemed cool. <laughs> this is not a secret. He cool uh, for a Robert top. Smith being a Thursday uh, fan and supporter is is a big one for me personally on a personal level.
1: Who's that? What band is he in? <laughs> so so Robert Smith has sent you the DM like bro, I'm fucking with the vision. He uh,
3: he asked us on tour a long time ago, and then there was a program for the tour where he talked about like how he discovered us and stuff, which was pretty like a pretty wild thing. And then wow. and then recently I like way overpaid to get tickets to see the cure at Madison Square Garden because like my lady had never seen them. And so we went and afterwards I just thought, ah, eh, I'll just DM him and be like great show. And he was like, hey, can't wait to see you at Riot Fest. What? And I was like, oh, okay. Whoa, whoa. Sick. You said Riot Fest? Can't wait to see you at Riot Fest
0: from fucking, from, yeah. from
3: Robert's. Their headline Smith. in the Sunday, the day that we play, their headline. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, that's right. I was like, I, I was like hoping that he was just going to come to the festival
3: just to come see you guys. I, wish. This festival. I wish it was like that. <laughs> He's asking <laughs> you for guest list. <laughs> Damn, that's okay. That's pretty good. So that's, that's crazy. Yeah, we're not that Twilight sad. He's not like coming to our shows and asking for a guest list, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess singing singing
1: for Ink and Dagger, opening for The Cure, it's kind of 50-50 on which one's more influential for your career, right? <laughs> All jokes aside.
3: You know, it, it really, like, they were my favorite hardcore band in Ink and Dagger. I, I, I loved them. There was, like, they could do no wrong in my eyes. So, like, that was a, a pretty like i know that from the outside it might seem like one of the you know smaller things that it but that's like that was kind of a pinnacle for me like we started the band at an ink and dagger show like we should do something like this is amazing you know i'm with it bro i'm glad i got to see him play a couple times
0: i was thinking about that the other day i think i saw him play a couple times too i know i definitely saw them once but i feel like i saw him twice jeff
1: um since you are you are a listener of how long gone right i am yeah um so you are familiar with sync talk we don't have to explain it to you right sync
3: talk i don't know i this is not one that i'm familiar with motherfucker
0: okay chris could you explain it uh basically you just tell us um kind of a story about maybe the t- one of the times uh your one of your songs was licensed uh for a large sum of money or maybe a time where you Uh, turn something down and now you look back with deep regret because of the money you left on the table (laughs) okay
3: okay that's that's preferred so please go ahead yeah no this is like around war all the time and this is like you know at the time it was kind of like we jumped to a major label and made this kind of like really dark uh like sort of poignant post nine eleven record yeah so it kind of really felt like maybe this isn't the time to be like super crass with taking the money you know um mm. and uh and we got offered by american express to do a print ad <laughs> a print ad with like us in it for a m- million dollars Bro. <laughs> and we were like yeah. No, nah, we can't do it. It's like trading on our, like, like the people who love the band, like, it's like trading on their interests. Like, we're selling them, basically. We're selling them to, like, American Express. That's so not cool. Mm-hmm. And, like, Hoobastank did it instead. They got it. They got it because we turned it down. <laughs> not Hooba. And when I look back on that, I'm like, man, it wasn't even our music. It was like a picture of us in a magazine with American Express. We could gotten a million. In, like, followers. Departures Magazine. None of our fans <laughs> will even know that it exists. Totally. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's kind of long enough to where, like, social media it would never like go viral right right hindsight 2020 though
3: God. no that would have been like life. damn a
1: million dollars is a cold hard number a million dollars Brunette. is a lot of bread
0: and I'll, at that time especially and i mean the other part of that is you're right like once you think about the fact that that like this isn't even our music (laughs) this is just us modeling basically is uh right it makes it a little more palatable i would (laughs) say uh but yeah we're not even that photogenic
3: like we should kind of like get in on it
0: (laughs) i mean that's the problem man that's the problem is that we were taught that that kind of stuff is bad and and you know now it couldn't be further from the truth you know no one cares I don't. I, I couldn't name a person that would care uh, if anything like that happened. But
1: think of all the punk rock karma points that you have built
0: up instead of Amex points.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> That's something, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you What do you get for that? Like, I I wonder what where do you, what do you trade in? Do you get like? Part, are you a member of the Revelation Records seven inch club for free? Like, what do you? I, I mean, I don't know what you could even do. You know, <laughs> Jeff's like, well, there's perks. Yeah, there's perks. All right, <laughs> there's, there's some perks. I, no. I don't have time. Try, to I'm to trying to name
3: one. one. <laughs> I'm trying to name one. Wait, hold on. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: i'm looking for some perks now uh no jeff um thank you for joining us bro it was a pleasure um and uh
3: it was i feel like this was a little overdue but the book um is out yeah when does it come out it's been kind of i don't know if you know this but we did it like so chelsea hotson she did it it's extremely punk rock it's very like discord records modeled yeah and it's like we're not even working with distributors we're like I'm going into each store and trying to make like a personal relationship with them. It's like extremely, extremely, uh, uh, author friendly. And she's doing something really cool. She's sending all the orders out by hand, which she, she sort of got from her husband who's Mark McCoy from Charles Bronson. And he runs a label called youth attack. So there's a lot of, a lot of punk rock love in the house. You know? No, I, I, um,
0: no, I read about the, I read about, um, about, it's called Rose books, right? Yeah, exactly. I read about Rose Books. I, I don't remember. I, is this the first title that it, they put out? Is it your or they've done? This is the first title. Yeah. Yeah, I read something when it came out. No, oh, I want to go listen to Charles Bronson right now. And I was like, this is an yeah. this is an interesting this is an interesting idea. So the book "Someone Who Isn't Me" uh, is out this month from Rose Books. Um, and you can get that. Can you go to RoseBooks.com or something? That's the best
3: place to get. It. It's it's .co though. It's .co. It's a little classier. Okay rosebooks.co noted yeah. okay. okay
1: and since you guys are the, the, the press is sort of taking a, a discord record style approach to it I assume it's printed on the cover do not pay more than five dollars for this
3: book yeah, do not pay <laughs> exactly more than, do not pay more than fifty dollars signed for this book no. <laughs> uh, it's fifty now just it's for inflation it's
0: uh, we're giving it yeah it's 1999 it's, we include shipping <laughs> alright Jeff thanks so much dude uh, we really appreciate you and um, you guys go get the book yeah,
1: thanks man. Well done.
0: All right, later. We'll talk to you soon, Jeff. Thanks, man.